0: and welcome to the spooky succubus cast for another week rebecca's drinking a whole gallon of hot coffee you're a psycho that's a yeah uh you just
1: complimented me on my iced coffee and i was like no you're wrong it's july and i'm drinking a mug as big as my head that's
0: not the thing i drink hot coffee all year i feel like I don't get the morning buzz that I need from iced coffee. I, I need like it to the singe first... my esophagus. <laughs> exactly. <order> yeah. <laughs> the first cup really has to be hot coffee, but I have never seen a receptacle that large filled with just like Listen, steaming coffee. You leave my containers java. <laughs> and me
1: to ourselves. Um, Wait,
0: look, I have water again today. Look at it. In a mug. In, a, in cat, a mug. In a
1: tiger mug.
0: I won this mug in a raffle. It's the only thing I've ever won. Cute. I'm not a winner either. Except for the genetic lottery talking about diabetes, heart disease, <laughs> and liver cancer. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, truly. Um, Speaking of weird genetics, oh, that was ableist, just like the next hour is going to be. Oh, my God.
1: I. This is maybe the most ableist movie we've done it's got it's taken all the boxes it has every demonizing alcoholism, men- alcoholism mental
0: illness <laughs> miscarriages miss i mean we are unprepared but also Dwarfism. um
1: did we say that that's the big one
0: honestly so bad um i still like really like the movie <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy it's so creepy I, yeah, I watched it when
1: it came out, I think in theaters, because I'm pretty sure I was in high school when it came out. Yeah,
0: I saw it in high school, too. Uh, One of the few movies that I have seen before. Um, So, just, you know, fill the rest of you in. uh, We're talking about Orphan today, directed by my favorite director of the silver screen, jean May Collet-Serey. Sarah, Sarah. who directed um, House of Wax, my favorite movie. (laughs) Uh, You can definitely see the the correlation. There's some connections. Uh, All of them are bad. (laughs) Um, What is wrong with this Spanish man? Who knows? I do not know what goes on in his mind, but at least House of Wax was fun. I mean, Orphan is so over the top that it is kind of just hilarious, but I have pain in my heart when I watch women getting gaslit on screen like this um it hurts me peter's scars guard like just like
1: crying in the scene like
0: i don't know what
1: to do i was like uh you should have listened to your wife but that's neither here nor yeah there. maybe
0: uh number one uh i have to make a retraction because last time you mentioned peter scars guard it's actually peter stars guard yeah, and Sarsgard. last well, I thought you said Skarsgård, oh. and then I was, like, thinking of, like, Bill and, you know, like, The Alex other one. The other. <laughs> so I have to retract because I was like, there's so many Skarsgårds. And then you were like, what? And then I was thinking of just, like, that, like, Nordic family the of men that other. are just, like, popping up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're also
1: big into horror movies.
0: I know Peter Sarsgård is, like so hot but like I'm like very I'm very into him but ever since I watched An education he just got like a stank on him you know I never watched it
1: it's about a teacher falling in love with their student right I don't think think it's a teacher
0: I haven't seen it in a long time I think it's just an older man so Peter Sarsgaard plays the older guy and Carrie Mulligan plays the teenager and she's in school but he meets her like through a friend or something and just kind of like sweeps her away, and like she just forsakes her entire life for money and like Chanel purses. Uh, it's kind of Ew. an intense movie, yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, uh, and he's abusive. But yeah, he Peter Sarsgaard just has he has a stank on him, right? Like he's he just does like, look as it eh. uh,
1: like. I mean, not to shame anyone who hasn't showered in a couple of days, but yeah, he's got that like not showered for a few days.
0: I mean, more of like an existential stank, like the roles that he takes just make me kind of like be like, no, I watched um, this
1: like TV series that was based on it was like an American remake of a of a different I don't remember where it's from, but where a grown man slaps a child at a party. And he plays the guy who slaps... Now I gotta look it up. Who slaps the kid. It was kind of compelling,
0: actually. I'm already honestly. ahead of you. Already on this IMDb page. I'm thinking the first place I saw him was Garden State, which is a bad start. <sighs> My already. sister loves that movie. <laughs> Adam really likes it, too. I'm like, stop. It's, it's Wait, I think it's called The Slap.
1: Yeah, it is called The Slap. <laughs> uh, what is it based on? I think it might be, yeah, like a Swedish or... God, he's been in everything. He really has a extensive IMDB page, but anyway, so. And then it's like, yeah, the drama of the neighborhood.
0: Oh, the skeleton key also. Remember, he's like kind of the creepy, like I think he's like a real estate guy, and he's kind of smarmy. Smarmy. I and don't racist.
1: I, I've seen it, but I don't really remember.
0: So it's this movie, Kate Hudson and Peter. SARSgard are in it and it's like this woman who takes a job as a hospice carer at um like an old p-word house in uh like Louisiana mm. and um it turns out that enslaved people have been uh possessing the bodies of inhabitants of the house for like generations and they get Kate Hudson and they get Peter Sarsgaard. And I think it's supposed to be like a, oh no but I was like yeah <laughs> Uh that's
1: kind I mean like i I usually
0: side with the with the
1: ghost actually you know, yeah. it's
0: probably a problematic flick, but I really like it. I think it's also on Hulu. Oh, speaking of streaming services for anyone that wishes to tap in and watch this two hour uh masterpiece orphan to keep up with us, it's for free on YouTube is where I watched it.
1: I don't think it's free. I watched it on YouTube too, but I had to rent it. What? I just played one. Do you have, do you pay for YouTube? Like, no, ad No, unless
0: Adam does.
1: Maybe Adam does.
0: Oh, that could be it. Sorry if I charge something to your account, Adam. It just started playing. <laughs>
1: no, if you rent it, it'll be like, do you want to start your rental period?
0: No, that didn't happen. I just watched it on YouTube's.
1: I don't know, would this we've we've stumbled across an anomaly, I don't know.
0: oh my God, it's a glitch in the matrix. uh, or maybe
1: I'm just I didn't look that far into it, and I could have watched it with ads or something. It was
0: like, I swear to God, this is how I get ideas for what we're going to cover, that I see them on streaming services, and I'm like, oh, we can do that. But then by the time we get we to get it, there, it's like yeah. not on the streaming service anymore. Of course. I mean, okay, orphan movie. That'd be too easy. Um, yeah, dude, the full movie's right here.
1: Yeah, I or full movie. Yeah, I rented it though, but I no, also... no, you
0: don't have to rent it. I'm sending you a screenshot right now. I mean, I believe you,
1: but I need to see like your account settings to know that you didn't don't pay for. Like,
0: you, uh, I mean, this is just me signed into my Google account. Okay, I'm just see the screenshot. And okay. Then t- just like I feel, I feel like Kate an orphan right now. I'm not you. trying to gaslight you, but I'm saying
1: when I went to YouTube and I typed in orphan, it was it's like it's
0: right there. Buy or rent for blah blah blah. That's the one I watched, uploaded by
1: Zell John Poncho. Oh, I see. Okay, I went see? through. I went through legitimate channels. I'm sorry.
0: Well, I'm proud <laughs> to be
1: an illegitimate trash person.
0: I just, uh, so, I
1: just went for it, you know.
0: I think you have the good fortune of getting down and dirty on this Colette Sera classic. So I, should we jump in? I do. I don't know. Tuck in, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we open on uh, Pregnant Kate, played by Vera Farmiga, who's also a scream queen, but like not in a fun way. I don't know.
0: Can I just say, this is like a a woman's value is not contingent on her appearance, uh, but Jesus Christ, is this haircut bad? It's Mm. just awful, isn't it? The side
1: bang, but it's like part of it is plastered to her forehead and the end flips out. Yeah.
0: And it's like somehow gray. I don't know what's going on with her hair in this movie. Everyone's hair in this movie is a
1: little bit greasy, which I can relate to. Um, Not Max. Max has beautiful hair. She does cute little curls. She's um, so cute. And so pregnant Kate and John, played by the forever twitchy Peter Sarsgaard, uh, start checking into a hospital for delivery. She tells the nurse this is her third child and they're going to name her Jessica. Kate starts bleeding profusely and in the delivery, ro- delivery room, the nurse says her baby is dead and she starts screaming. She hallucinates John as every other doctor in the room and the nurse hands her a bloody baby and it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine, salt and pepper, and heavy D up in the limousine. Do you want me to do the whole song? <laughs> um, Maybe for the bonus. <laughs> in the bathroom, Kate feels her C-section scar um, and takes like a huge pill that I
0: could. Never okay, take. it is also looks hairy, but that's not a C-section scar because it's vertical, and oh yeah, it
1: is vertical, huh?
0: Uh, then she talks later in the movie about how she had to carry the baby for 16 days. And I'm like. Maybe John
1: doesn't know what a C-section
0: scar Jaume, is. John May, I'm like, why did they, why did you, why do you have this scar if you had to carry it to term? I need answers. But um, I don't actually want answers because it's too sad. It's a bit, it was, the beginning
1: is pretty sad. And the middle, um, kind of the end too. So <laughs> it's all pretty much a downer. Yeah. Um, at Margot Martindale's therapist office, um, she and Kate discuss her dream and their upcoming adoption appointments. Her and John's upcoming adoption appointments. Kate is a recovering alcoholic and unsure if she's ready to adopt. At this point, I was like,
0: you are not, not ready. ready. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely not ready. Um, But uh, Margot Martindale, sorry to say, is not a very good
0: therapist. Um, It's just because she has such a nice face that you're like, yeah. But then when you listen to her words, you're like, wait, no.
1: You're wrong. Um, At home in their huge contemporary mansion, Kate is practicing piano and gets pissed when Max is making a ruckus um, while she's innocently playing basketball. Like she's and then she shouts at her like. Max is deaf, and you know that because you're her mom, so why are you shouting at her while her back is turned to you? I was so confused. Um, I
0: know. I was like, I think you do indeed need more help, madam. She needs help. Yeah. Um, John arrives home
1: uh, with her older son, Daniel, and he plays with the kids. There's a distance between Daniel and Kate. At bedtime, Max takes her cochlear out, and all the sound cuts out as well. Kate reads her maybe the saddest children's book ever made um, about the loss of a child and sibling at birth. Um, it, I
0: cried. Baby Jessica, bit. who did not fall in a well in this situation. <laughs> right. Um, ja- I guess maybe because Zhao Mae is not from America, he thought just saying baby Jessica was fine, but I just was like, fell in the well, fell in the well. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? baby love. jessica i don't know what you're referring in to the yeah. in the 80s this little girl named jessica fell in a well and the nation was like totally tuned into this rescue effort it took like seven days to get her out of the well hold on i'll find seven
1: this. days to get a baby yeah, out of a well she, she was in a well for like a really long time why did it take so long to get a baby out of a well what was she doing down there how do how are they feeding her
0: it's a great question. Hold on. You keep going and I'm going to read up on what happened to baby Jessica. Okay. I was just
1: going to go along and pretend I knew what you were talking about. Um,
0: no, I think it's best that you... Learn? Okay, sorry. Seven seven days was a little bit hyperbolic, but it did take... <laughs> seven hours. Wait, it took like a really long... No, it took like 45 hours. It took a really long time to get her out of this well. Because she was like lodged in a well, so they had to...
1: How they small to, is
0: like, this well? Uh i How sure. old is this baby? <laughs> okay, so she was 18 months, uh, and it took 56 hours to extract her from the eight-inch well casing uh to 22 feet below ground. So they had to like jackhammer in from the side to get baby Jessica out of this well. Have oh you never God, heard of this? I've
1: never heard of this. No. What? Okay, I'm Why, how did I, she fall in a well? Where were her parents?
0: I am unclear on how she fell in the well. She was in her aunt's backyard, so maybe Uh-oh. her uh, her auntie wasn't watching. As uh but yeah, the like the nation was like Ronald Reagan was like everybody in America is obsessed with baby Jessica. Like the nation was on tenterhooks. Oh
1: my god.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> wow. Now we can't even get anybody interested when innocent people get shot to death. So, you know. And
0: baby jessica lost a toe because she got gangrene <laughs> while she was in the well <laughs> oh no
1: it's not funny but poor
0: thing i don't
1: know why i thought that was so funny
0: <laughs> It's actually really bad. It's oh bad. my god! Wait, wait. Listen to this. Sorry, we're on the we're st- <laughs> we're still on the baby Jessica <laughs> Wikipedia. A roofing contractor named Ron Short volunteered to go down the shaft because he was bored without collarbones and could collapse to work in tight mines.
1: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh no. Ronnie
0: is the true hero of this tale. <laughs> okay, this is true. We're truly off track. But that is why every time they were like baby Jessica, I was like, she's in the well. Oh she's no. In the well. Get her out. She's gonna get gangrene.
1: Um oh, no. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh that
0: really tickled my funny bone.
1: Poor Jessica, wherever you are, I, Actually, I hope you're one of, okay.
0: <laughs> one of my friends is was born around the same time the baby Jessica situation happened. And her middle name is Jessica because her parents named her after baby Jessica oh my who God. fell in
1: the well. <laughs> I was like two years too
0: late to like be on this trip baby jessica train i, <laughs> I missed it so. entirely oh i forget your 90s baby yeah <laughs> it's true.
1: oh my god okay where are we who am i okay um, I'm sorry
0: all to all of america i'm sorry <laughs> i
1: apologize for my behavior um john <laughs> and kate are sort of trying to have sex Um, But Kate doesn't want to uh, Doesn't want to And she admits her nerves to him Again they should not be adopting a child Uh, The next day they travel to St. Mariana's children's home They're greeted by Sister Abigail Played by C.C.H. Pounder Who's also a good character actor Yeah Uh, While Kate is downstairs observing the children John follows singing that he hears Up the stairs and finds a girl painting Uh, She introduces herself As Esther Uh, She tells them all her paintings tell a story And she is very talented and smart Um, Kate inquires As to why she isn't down at the party and she says She's just different and the three Seem to be getting along Uh, Alone in her office sister Abigail tells John and Kate that Esther was Originally from Russia and has only been in the Country for a few years She's well behaved and only acts up when someone Tries to take the ribbons off her neck and wrists The family that brought her to America died in a house fire
0: I mean, there's just so many GD red flags. It's, like, insane. Um, we'll get into the wrist and and neck thing later, but I was
1: so confused why they made this such a big point. Like, they really hammer it home that she never takes her ribbons off. And then, like,
0: then there, it's, like, no, the reveal is, like, okay, fine.
1: Um, it's, like, nothing. Yeah. I thought I was going to be, like, and she doesn't have any wrists. Um... <laughs> There's just air. It's like she's a doll or something. Um, They take Esther home with them and she learns a little ASL, American Sign Language, to introduce herself to Max, who is very excited to meet her. Danny. Our little
0: Max. I know, she's so sweet. Uh, Danny, on the other hand, is skeptical. I'm putting an Instagram poll up to find out if people know about baby Jessica, because I'm, like, dumbfounded that you have never heard of it. That doesn't even,
1: like, (laughs) ring any sort of bells in the back of my brain. Um, Danny is playing Guitar Hero with his friends and trying to make Esther's welcome day about him um, and being, like, just generally a shitty little kid. Uh, And the rest of the family is welcoming Esther in with gifts. Danny and his friends go to the treehouse to look at porn uh, while Esther and Max play in the snow.
0: I loved when he was like, page 34 will change your life. I was like, you don't even have a life. Yet. Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> shut up. Like, I also don't super enjoy Danny. Like, I understand that he's having troubles and his parents are clearly going through it. And he can't be having a great childhood. But like, come on. Don't
0: be such a dick. I know. And- I mean, it just seems like a very rash decision to bring a child home that your other kids haven't met yet. I mean, I don't think this is how adoption works, but I don't think so either. I do trust Sister Abigail
1: (laughs) with my life
0: Uh, while cleaning the kitchen
1: and having a tense talk with her mother-in-law. It is revealed that Kate lost her teaching job at Yale and Max had an accident in the pond outside their house during something that was maybe Kate's fault. During the storm, Kate gives John starts to give st- Kate and John start to have sex, but Esther um, has woken up Max and makes her go into their bedroom with her so they can all sleep in their bed. Uh, Danny shoots a paintball at a bird and injures injures it, and then Esther viciously smashes it with a rock so that it won't suffer. Uh, Esther wants to lock the door to the bathroom while she bathes, bathes, which I think is normal. And then Kate gives her pushback for no reason, like let let a child who hasn't grown up in like a secure household the ability to like set boundaries and lock a door. She's nine; she's not going to drown in the bathtub. I don't
0: normally yes, but in this specific situation. Maybe know. not their best plan. Although it didn't hurt anybody. For the
1: beginning of this movie, I really like if Esther wasn't this like sadistic monster. Like she like was not being treated super well. Like she needs.
0: Ah uh, no, people were kind of cold to her, and no one cold. was like, "We need to deal with this." They were like, "Oh, work itself out." And yeah, she needs like privacy.
1: I don't know. She just came from a group home. Like she needs space and time to set. Like her own standards, I don't know. Um, while putting away laundry, Kate finds Esther's Bible and violates her privacy and looks inside and finds a picture of an adult man. Uh, at school, Danny knocks Esther's books out of her hand, and a girl who has already made fun of her clothes takes her Bible, and all the pages go flying out. While picking them Brenda. up, Brenda. Uh, Brenda. While picking them Brenda. up, Brenda. Brenda touches the ribbon on the back of her neck, and Esther flips the fuck out. Uh, Kate is teaching Esther how to play the piano and tries to get her to open up by giving her a scrapbook that's filled with pictures. Uh, she also already, like, Kate and John have already, like, made it a point that Esther call them mommy and daddy, which freaks me out.
0: Kind of weird. Yeah, she's old enough to, like, understand conceptually what's happening here. Right, yeah. And she's not, like, three. She's She nine. should be able to just call you John and Kate. Plus yeah. eight. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Until she feels comfortable, like, don't just force it. I don't know. Yeah, this isn't how children work. I don't know. Uh, Kate shows Esther baby Jessica's rose bush, um, that they planted. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> baby Jessica, and uh, and then later, John and Kate start, tr- start to have sex in their kitchen, and they have a very open floor concept plan. Like, yeah, there's, it's um, an open.
0: Like, space. first of all, you're in a public room, like a shared space. Second of all, your house is, like, made of glass. So Kate looking around like, ooh, can anyone see? Like, yeah, their the children can see. They can Everyone see. Everyone can see. Yeah. You have a, like, and
1: not even, like, young children who maybe will go to bed and just be, like, sleeping. Like, maybe Max. But, like, ha- Danny is, like, 11 or 12. And,
0: yeah, and their a-
1: newly adopted daughter is 9. Like, they
0: can walk it's, out
1: and go get a glass of water. I don't know.
0: It's pretty insane. Like, I'm happy that you're feeling like this adopted child is putting your marriage back together or whatever, but like also not how children work. I don't know. Not correct,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and then Esther, who's presumably just walking down the hallway, sees them. Uh, Kate sits I don't
0: know. I think she has like. Well, uh, yeah, she sonar has. Sonar, bad hearing, or something.
1: Ulterior motives, but like she could have just been a child who walked in on them while she was just walking down the hallway. True enough. Uh, Kate sits down to try to talk to her about it, and Esther seems really mad and says fuck. And apparently that is the most egregious offense that she knows I know, what the word like, fuck I means. get it. They
0: fuck. She should have said, I get it. They were making gloves. <sighs>
1: Uh, <laughs> Kate suggests to John that they take her to see her therapist, Margo Martindale. Uh, but John- Which it's not
0: best practice to see the same therapist as your child there. No, yeah, don't do that. Not it. correct, We see yeah. the ramifications of that later on. Uh,
1: John thinks that's, quote, too much, uh, but I feel like it's not.
0: Uh, like, also, not even just because she saw you fucking, but also because she's a newly adopted child with a traumatic past, like... Everyone can benefit from therapy, John. Okay. now Especially your...
1: John needs yeah. some therapy.
0: He he needs help as well. Yes.
1: Um, John k- takes the kids to the park and gets hit on by a neighbor. Um, and then <clears throat> Esther takes revenge on mean girl Brenda from for by pushing her down the slide. And she breaks her leg. At dinner, Max lies for Esther, saying that the girl just slipped. Uh Danny is mad at the world and he makes fun of Esther and dismisses her as part of the family. Like, this is sad. Like, if Esther wasn't a manipulative person, then it would be very, very sad.
0: A weird kid that likes to wear tiered dresses for every occasion. Like,
1: Uh, Yeah. That's not good. It is really depressing. Uh, Kate discovers Esther playing the piano proficiently and gets upset for her pretending not to know how to play. Again, it could have just been Esther wanting to spend time with Kate, who is distant and uh, hasn't dealt with her depression. While Kate and John argue about Esther, it's revealed that he cheated on her a decade ago. And, yeah, I get it. Like, and, I think
0: we were all expecting that. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, we saw it hurtling at us. Sister Abigail comes by and says that uh, trouble follows Esther and that after. She heard about the incident with Brenda. Uh, She looked into it and many children had accidents around her. A kid like chopped himself in the jaw with scissors or like scissors went through his jaw or something. Um, She also says the house. Jaw scissors. Jaw scissors. Yeah. Uh, She also says the house fire where her last family died was arson, but the person who committed it was never found. They do this in their living room, in their open concept living room, where in any child in clear could... earshot
0: of all three kids, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Esther tells Max a mean lady has come to take her away and gets her to help gets her help to find John's keys to a safe where he keeps his gun and the key to the locked treehouse. As Sister Abigail is driving away, Esther pushes Max in front of the car, causing her to drive off the road. When she gets out to check on her, Esther hits her in the head with a hammer. The girls drag her off the road, and then Esther gives her a good couple more whacks so that we know she's really dead. Uh, Esther threatens Max that so that's our first official casualty. First kill is a black woman. Black woman. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone's up to date. Uh, Esther threatens Max and tells her that if she tells anyone, she will also go to jail. Um, and then poor Maxie manipulates her and tells her that she loves her because she's her little sister. After seeing him spy on them, Esther goes to Danny's room in the middle of the night and threatens him with a box cutter. Uh, I'll cut your hairless
0: prick off before you even figure out what it's for. It's a pretty good line. That was disturbing. Actually, the actress, Isabel Furman, great performance. I think she was 11 when this movie.
1: Amazing. Great. She did a phenomenal job. They're also making a orphan first kill. I'm excited about it. I think
0: they already made it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and she reprises the role as Esther, which will be interesting. I remember thinking
1: she was a grown woman when this came out because she's a very good actor.
0: Yeah, she's a very sophisticated 11 year old.
1: Uh, I feel like,
0: I hope that they handled the like weird seduction scene correctly, like so she's not traumatized.
1: Yeah, uh, At Margo Martindale's office She spoke with Esther alone And then brings Kate and John in To discuss uh, She thinks that Esther is fine And it's Kate's fault That she uh, hasn't given Esther An opportunity to bond with her Another sister from the orphanage Calls Kate to tell her that Sister Abigail never returned From her trip And then the cops find her body at the bottom of the hill i think right yeah it's just kind of there she's just hanging out uh esther (coughs) has cut baby jessica's rosebush flowers uh and gives tries to give them to kate who freaks the fuck out and grabs her arm uh esther then sneaks into the basement and breaks her arm in a vice Whew! this like that that was hard to watch yeah um she calls john into her room and then he takes her to the hospital Uh, Kate buys a bottle of wine, two bottles of wine, and pours out a glass, but then uh, thinks better of it and pours that whole bottle down the drain and then hides the
0: other. Uh, It's so insulting to her as a character and as an alcoholic that she's also just like a wine mom. Like, give her something more interesting, you know? Like, middle-of-the-road red wine, like you can't make it something a little more jazzy, you know what I mean? I mean...
1: I don't know. Some people are just really into red wine. I can't relate, but I don't know. I feel like it's it's not symbolic of her
0: Yeah, like suburban momhood. Yeah, wine mom. I definitely won't drink it in this summer. I feel like it's a winter beverage. I like it gives me heartburn.
1: Saying that is someone who has almost finished this mug that's as big as No, same.
0: Wine basically gives me like Insta-headache, insta-heartburn. And yet, I keep drinking it. I'm not, I'm just like,
1: I've tried. I'm just not a big wine person.
0: Well, Rebecca's I'm not wine not classy the wine enough now.
1: for wine. I like beer, and I like... Beer. You like burr? Liquor? I don't know. Some liquor? Not all of it. Are uh, we going to bring booze when we camp? Hell yeah, we're going to bring... What? Hell yeah! And we
0: have so many coolers, we got to...
1: Big huge cooler. We got a little baby cooler. We got a backpack cooler.
0: We got I'm thinking off. I might ship my tent to you because I think it'll be. Is the that the plan? Way. It's uh, kind of the plan. Yeah. Well, more camping
1: talk. I have updates. We'll talk. We'll talk off. Oh, air. you have updates? Uh, not good ones, but uh, so anyway. Fine. I'm really curious what the update
0: is. <laughs>
1: While helping Danny with his school bag that has ripped unexpectedly, Esther puts the car in neutral soul rolls backwards down the school road with Max inside. Uh, Margot Martindale makes a house call. She blames Kate uh, and they bring out the unopened bottle of wine and she and and Margot Martindale and John uh, just tear into Kate for being an alcoholic uh he they tell her they have to that she has to go to rehab or he's leaving her uh danny sneaks into max's room and through pictures she confesses to sister abigail's murder and and tells him about the hidden evidence uh he also like has not taken the time to learn asl even though he's max is like five or six yeah right it seems like a failing of john and kate more than anything else yeah, uh, Kate tries to sneak Max out of her room in the middle of the night, but finds Esther sitting in a chair waiting for her. Uh, she has read her diary and outlines how she has used it against her in the past, including uh, telling John where she hid her wine
0: bottles. While uh, Danny tries to unlock, actually, like the knowing that she's actually like a actual kid listening to her read that diary was pretty chilling, to be honest with you. She, Yeah, she's like, this
1: movie is good. I think a lot of it hinges on her performance, truly. Okay,
0: update on the Baby Jessica Well poll. I'm the <laughs> only person that has participated today. Uh, I'll, I'll vote no, and then we'll have 50-50. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, la, la, la. Uh, while Danny tries to unlock the treehouse to find the evidence, Kate snoops in Esther's room and finds her Bible, which is full of more pictures of... of like, torn up pictures of men. The back of the Bible has an imprint of the Sarn is- Institute. She calls the number listed online, and an orderly tells her that they're not an orphanage, but a mental hospital in Estonia. Bum, bum, bum. Um. In the treehouse, Esther burns the evidence and lights the treehouse on fire, trapping Danny inside. He tries to jump, jump to escape, but falls. from It's like two stories, and he's unconscious unconscious at the hospital Danny has uh, a severe neck injury and hasn't woken up yet but it seems like he's gonna live Kate tries to tell John about what she's researched but he is not interested in listening Uh, Esther sneaks off under the guise of getting a soda but is really going to kill Danny Max tries to warn Kate but it's too late and she's already suffocated with him him with a pillow but uh, the doctors are able to revive him kind of unfortunately sorry to say uh, Kate runs after just after They revive him Kate runs to Esther and slaps her In the middle of a crowded hospital um, It is a big Old slap The doctors sedate her uh, illegally And then keep her overnight for observation
0: mm-hmm. with, Also illegally Also
1: illegally uh, With the girls asleep John has an entire bottle of wine
0: uh, Pot calling
1: the kettle black Much um, also
0: like you're uh, alone in the house with like two family members in the hospital like shouldn't you be prepared to hop in a car if there's an emergency sir uh
1: john's not doing well
0: well just wait because he'll be dead soon
1: bum 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 after he's finished the wine esther comes down in a black dress and makeup and she brings him a cheese board uh, pretty thoughtful
0: <laughs> to be honest and the cheese board looked good i thought like i was like yeah I would be like the other stuff is a problem but the cheese board looks nice cheese board was thoughtful uh she tells him how much she respects him and
1: cares about him tries to hit on him and then he starts crying about his situation and then freaks out and tells her to go to her room where she smashes her furniture and throws stuff around Kate's get, Kate gets a call from the Sarn Institute while she's in the hospital. Uh, she had emailed them pictures of Esther to see if she was ever an orphan there. Um, the doctor says he that Esther isn't a little girl, but a grown woman with pr- proportional dwarfism. And she's really 33. What an old hag. Uh Honestly, disgusting. Disgusting. Uh, she is responsible for at least 12 deaths and was known to be violent and was kept in a straitjacket. And that's why she has ribbons around her wrists and neck, which is like. OK. Like, so whatever. problematic. Yeah. Um, John ja- Kate rushes out of the hospital and starts driving down the road so erratically. It's a miracle she got anywhere.
0: I am shocked. I in feel that she should have
1: been dead. Yeah. Uh, John discovers the hidden blacklight paintings of sex acts and violent, like stabbings, uh, which are honestly I like, them. like yeah. yeah, those paintings are really fucking cool, uh, and not an indication of like a mental
0: health irregularity. I don't know. They're su- they're surprising for a nine year old, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, they're no- there's nothing like inherently wrong with them. It's just like that. Why is that always a reveal? It's like someone's painted a portrait
1: with blood in it. Let's call the police. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As Kate tries to call him, the power goes off and he discovers that the fuse box is all fucked up. And then Esther stabs him to death. Max sees this and then goes to hide. Uh, And then Kate rams the whole
0: car into the house uh, and then just jumps, climbs in. Through the wreckage. Uh, So, like, that's not even, like, time sensitive. Like, just get out of the car normally.
1: (laughs) Like, of course, she's like, rams the car in while the climax is happening. Uh, Kate finds John, isn't super upset about it, because why would she be? And then goes looking for Max. Uh, Esther shoots her in the arm. And then while, and then hides on the roof outside. And then Max goes into the greenhouse and hides in some bushes. Kate sees her from the roof above. Esther comes in, um, and then seeing Kate on the roof fires another shot, but it doesn't go through. It just cracks. And then as Esther sees Max, Kate jumps down through the top of the roof, knocking Esther down and unconscious. Kate takes... But it it doesn't stop there, even though it could. It doesn't stop. It keeps going for so much longer, um... Kate takes Max and they try to escape, but Esther has woken up and chases Kate onto the pond, slashing and stabbing at her. While the two struggle, Max gets the gun and uh, misses Esther and breaks a hole open in the pond. Kate and Esther. It is really cute that when it like kicks Uh, her back, yeah, like she's so
0: small, yeah. Uh,
1: Kate and Esther struggle under the water, but Kate manages to punch her and get out, but. Esther comes up again, and for the final time, Kate kicks her in the head, breaking her neck. Uh, Kate and Max run away into the arms of the k- k- cops. The end. They really had to make sure that she suffered.
0: That we, like, really. Yeah. Felt. Because it's her fault that she's violent and mentally unstable. Uh, And not the SARN Institute's fault for literally losing her. I mean, come on. They, yeah, they put her in a straitjacket and then they lost
1: her. Also, Esther isn't like, she clearly is intelligent and like can control herself to a point. So, like, she doesn't need a straitjacket. Like, she's not like gouging her own eyeballs out. Yeah.
0: Right. It's just like a sick game for, I mean, also, it's like extremely xenophobic to paint. An Estonian mental institution is like so archaic and right. like feudal. Um, and I mean, where do we begin? There are so many problems. We, I mean, yeah, we pointed it out. Yeah, it's
1: xenophobic. Like, I don't know. Esther is a Russian, thirty-three-year-old hag. She because thirty-three is the oldest you can it's ever like, be.
0: If you get older than that, you should be dead. You- so, <laughs> <laughs> actually, um. Like a decade or so, even more before this movie was made, uh, Eastern European adoptions were really popular and they're they I think they still kind of are. um, But post-Soviet Union, there was like a pretty significant uptick in um, adoptions from Eastern Europe because there's this sort of like rescue narrative that Americans have uh, so they can feel like they're adopting an underprivileged child out of like. Communism, essentially, uh, while also having a child that's still the same skin color as them. And then very frequently, because (laughs) um, probably just of like, it's not very frequently, but like you don't hear the successful stories that happen with adoptions. You only hear like the aberrations or the difficult ones. So when children have like cognitive or behavioral problems, it was pretty common to like become this like overblown xenophobic um, you know kind of narrative because the rescue story you know gets a hole poked in it because basically you're seeing now hidden problems that you can kind of put the blame back onto the country of origin Uh, and of course like talking about disabilities uh, cognitive issues and behavioral issues as hidden problems is pretty ableist Uh, so you'd like basically people were thinking they're getting like healthy children and when they have problems that don't present physically they're resentful or angry and then so there's like this drop-off in ad- uh, adoptions from eastern europe and this movie definitely perpetuates that stereotype that sort of like russians are or even eastern europeans are like savage uh bent on violence um <laughs> like derelict you know, structures that they populate. It's just, like, so gross and so xenophobic. And I have... I'm not acquainted, like, personally with adoption in any way, but I'm, like, suspicious of international adoption anyway. <laughs> it's also, like, America makes it very difficult to adopt and
1: expensive to adopt children. Um, Here? So that, yeah, yeah, so that children... um can stay in the system and then become part of the um, overarching rich versus poor racist infrastructure that is America. Uh, but I they, did you hear about that YouTube couple that gave up their adopted child?
0: Yes, because... Micah Stouffer? Because what a shithead. What a fucking asshole. Uh, he was Taiwanese, right? He was a little boy? No, he was an autistic child toddler from China. Okay, so he was... Yeah, and then... Basically, they adopted him to use for content because she's essentially like a mommy blogger. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they returned him because it was like too much for her to deal with an autistic child, she said. "Yeah, Which um... like just sit on that. And then there was another couple that decided not to adopt from, it was another like mommy blogger YouTube couple that I think they were planning on adopting from Thailand and I don't recall their names, but they found out there is like a Thai law that you can't like publicly post images of the child for at least one year after adoption. And then they like reneged on the adoption because they couldn't use it for content. Because they're using
1: the child for money.
0: So, yeah, there's like pretty toxic culture and, like, there's a lot of white saviorism, particularly around adoptions out of, like, Africa, specifically Uganda. Uh, And, I mean, obviously there are adoption success stories, but the narratives that, like, media and popular culture put in place are that you're, like, saving a child from themselves and... Like, you know, you're positioning yourself as a white savior. So when there are like issues that were unexpected, then you're like, well, I didn't cause this. I'm not responsible for this. And there's this like option. Actually, I read in an article there was this woman in 1997 that literally put her seven year old son that she adopted from Russia on a plane by himself back to Russia with a note that said like. This was this child was misrepresented to me and is like violent and sociopathic and I don't want it. And since he came from Russia, I'm sending him back essentially.
1: Oh, my God. That's it's yeah. And this is like definitely perpetuating that stereotype that like a child has to be perfect and angelic, even though they've had a very traumatic upbringing and have to like arrive in your home perfect and well adjusted. I don't know, and they like don't need time and care to like. How long did they have Esther before they're like, she's a murderer? Like a week and a half, a month. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. There's also like a lot of instances like when you're adopting a child from another country where that those parents do want their child but don't have the means to like. Mm Yeah. And so now they don't ever get the opportunity to ever have their child in their life again. I don't know, it's really sad. Uh-huh, and yeah, talk about white saviorism.
0: Yeah, and of course like America has this sorry, I'm making a special photoshop for you. You're going to love it. Shucks. Is it me as baby Jessica? Should I'm I really
1: I'm really sorry for my behavior earlier, by Listen, the way. Listen, baby Jessica, BTW. A
0: Oh, I forgot what I was about to say. Oh, uh, what were we talking about?
1: We were talking about adoptions and how this is perpetuating malicious stereotypes.
0: Oh, and it's also like it's prevalent in the foster system, too, right? Where people that are in poverty can't get out of poverty and then can't keep their children right Right. but then the foster parents that take the children into their homes are like awarded or allowed stipends to care for the kids like can't you just fucking give that money to the actual parents uh we you could yeah but uh we don't want to i just feel like well like you know the system will do absolutely anything to keep autonomy out of the hands of marginalized people Okay, I'm gonna screen share and show you what I made.
1: What else or what else? What is the next problem we should talk about? I don't even want to like really touch. What do you think? I love it. We're posting <laughs> it on Instagram. Okay. We're really going off the rails on this one. Um,
0: just You'll wait and see, and on see, see on everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, there's a ton of ableism to contend with. So um, Esther is. A dwarf. She's has dwarfism.
1: Porf- proportional.
0: Proportional dwarfism, which is, like, the more, like, socially acceptable kind also, of dwarfism. Which is also, yeah, pr- problematic. Which is problematic to, like, portray that. Uh, so she has a pituitary issue that she doesn't actually have. Like, you can't have dwarfism. Like, dwarfism is caused by other things, right? What do you mean? Like, I think that the problem she has is not problem, but the like condition she has is a pituitary disorder that causes proportional dwarfism. So it's a symptom, not like the originating cause. But I feel like the pathology, the way we look at it as like people being, you know, reared and conditioned in an ableist culture is like, oh, like that is bad. That's an illness when it's just like, Literally, like, a genetic result of right. other conditions, it's just like you like a, know?
1: Yeah, a genetic <laughs> it's like variant. A, it
0: happens, you know?
1: <laughs> I don't know. And then, yeah, like, they had to, as uh, someone who has, a like, a, I don't know, a different genetic makeup than what is societally acceptable, of course, is, like, a malicious, like, secretive, manipulative... I don't know, villain. Like, it just seems like, yeah, she's using this as like a a guise and a way to sneak around and pretend to be a child.
0: I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then the movie sort of like, tries to be redeemable and tries to say, like, overcorrect and say, like, we're actually fine with, like, disabilities or neurodivergent people or whatever by having a, like, little deaf child, yeah, because Max is coded as, like, sweet, can do no wrong, and part of that is the fact that she's a female child that doesn't speak, right? So it's, like, this Mm -hmm. really complicated coding. It is admirable that the... um. Actor, actor that plays Max, Ariana, engineer is actually hearing impaired in real life, and um, it's important to cast deaf, blind, whatever actors in parts that like actually necessitate that in the script, but the script doesn't call for it, other than a way to sort of put a band aid on the other like rampant ableism that's happening and the in other rampant places. Rampant othering, yeah. Of- I mean,
1: yeah, she Max is also othered. I don't know, like, because, yeah, she can't talk. Her brother doesn't, hasn't taken the time to learn how to communicate with her.
0: Nobody listens to her. Right. And, like, she is clearly disturbed.
1: Like, after she sees Esther push Brenda off the slide, like, she is going through it. And it's not hiding it well because she's five. And, like, just no one's paying
0: attention to her. So, yeah, they don't notice. Yeah, and, like... Grandma Brenda, or Grandma Brenda, Grandma Barbara is like, how is Max adjusting, or, like, how is Max doing? Because Max became deaf because of an accident where her mother let her drown in a pond, almost, like... That's not why, that's not how she,
1: she's born. Yeah, that's, completely what deaf. that's what
0: Bar- That's what Grandma Barbara says, you feel bad about, like, Max getting hurt. What happened to Max? Did they say she's born hearing impaired?
1: Yeah, Kate says when Esther asks, uh... Okay, back
0: it up. I think I that, it
1: back. that Max just had an accident in the pond. I think that's it. But so, she was born
0: almost completely deaf. Yeah, that's, that's kind it. of also othering Max. Right, because she had an accident in the pond. Because her mom was drunk because her being an alcoholic is a bad thing and not an illness that needs treatment. It's something that you can control. With, yeah, exactly.
1: Not. it's not. Um, Holy
0: cannoli. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's a And also, just to confirm, just because you're, like, you have mental health issues and even need to be, like, in an inpatient situation doesn't mean you're literally criminally insane. Okay? Right. Can we just clarify that? (laughs) And, yeah, it
1: doesn't mean that, like, I don't know. I don't know. They don't all intersect as, like, everyone is having problems and, like, I don't know, just because... You're, you're having trouble with alcoholism doesn't mean that, like, you're a terrible parent and you don't can't control yourself and you've, you know, I don't know.
0: I think that is the root, like, issue with this movie is that the director and screenwriter don't understand that mental illness,
1: Does
0: neurodivergent, <laughs> neurodivergency, and other disabilities don't equate to goodness or badness. Like, right, Max very... isn't angelic because she's hearing impaired. Kate isn't evil because she's an alcoholic. And Esther isn't evil because she has like severe mental health issues. Like, or she, Esther... she has pituitary issues. I don't know. Yeah, Esther just has like. I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's all extremely outlandish, of course, but uh, it's handled very clumsily. (laughs) It is.
1: Yeah, it's pretty poor handling. I feel like John, um, who's like our straight white guy with no mental health issues, with no like neurodivergence, he is our He's, like, one of the main villains because he gaslights his wife uh, and he doesn't care about his children. And, um, yeah, it's pretty good when he gets stabbed. I was fine with it.
0: I'm like, yeah, it's
1: kind of what you deserve. I don't know.
0: I think the reason that the gaslighting is so effective is because I would like to contend that Jame Colette-Sara really enjoyed, like, writing that arc for a female Of her,
1: like, yeah, that Kate. Just, like,
0: absolutely, like, degraded. Absolutely, like, in despair because she's not heard. And, like, it's very believable because I think someone that was involved in writing this screenplay or directing this movie has definitely gaslit a woman hardcore. Just (laughs) saying.
1: It's also sad
0: because, yeah,
1: Kate has uh Has had a miscarriage. Has had to take a baby to to term after it's passed, and has had another of her children had an accident while she was drunk.
0: And then because she was trying to cope with what happened to baby Jessica, and and, uh, and she's an there's alcoholic. no like there's no forgiveness or leeway or like grace even from. Um. Even from John, who she's supposed to be partnered with. And when she, like, brings up the cheating, like, the pain of being cheated on and, like, the trust betrayal, he, like, you know, throws a bar back at her that is something that's, like, not in her control. Like, you got too drunk and, like, you know, Max almost drowned. But that's, like, an illness. (laughs) Um, And he also
1: says, like, a really cutting line that, uh, if she he left her, no one would blame him.
0: I was like, yeah, um, that is so mean. I you guys think need
1: a divorce. I, You are not this is not a healthy relationship. It actually
0: I think it works out that he died because he was a main source of stress for her, I think.
1: Yeah. I don't know that Kate is prepared to take care of Max and Daniel on her own. Um, She maybe needs some help. Maybe move she's back. got Grandma
0: Barb. I mean, I don't know. Grandma she does Barb hate Grandma shitty, Barb. But of- <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I think, like, yeah, the idea that this is a happy ending is so, uh, like, unbelievably misled. Because even if their father hadn't just died, like, basically in front of Max's face. Yeah, Max saw her father stabbed to death by her. Even if he was alive and their family was, you know, quote unquote complete. This is still, like, they had an extremely traumatic turn of events happen to them where, like, a criminally insane person was living in their home under, like, totally false pretenses. So no one's really a winner except, like, I hope everything works out for Max. She's perfect. Uh,
1: Also, they were having trouble before they adopted Esther, and they were trying to, yeah, put a band on a bullet wound to be Band-Aid like, well, adopt baby.
0: a yeah. child
1: and everything will be fine again because the ultimate problem was not that I have undealt with mental health issues, but... Because I lost a child. And that's not true. You had problems probably before baby Jessica. And that's, I don't know, something you should deal with maybe before you think about adopting a child. Who maybe has their own needs and can't just perform as your Yeah, and don't just
0: like suddenly belong to you because... Uh, you've, like, filled out paperwork. They have an autonomous, like, selfhood of their own. And even if Esther wasn't a criminally insane 33-year-old hag, <laughs> they still aren't, like, giving space for, like, an adopted child to develop in a healthy or normal way. Right. Yeah, they were not treating her super well. Not um, really.
1: Yeah. I don't know. She – Esther should have just, like – Given up the goat, not pretended to be a child, and gone off and been a very successful artist because she was very talented. Um, yeah,
0: honestly, I think she would have had great success in any major city art mm-hmm. scene. And I just, I mean, I mean, I think we're supposed to be like, oh, she has this pathology, right? Because she has to do this, or else like it's, she's not complete. Like this is her driving force. But why? Well, yeah, we don't get a why. We don't know why. We don't know who uh, Esther is. Or yeah, Lena. That.
1: She, right, Lena. We only know that she has maybe borderline personality disorder and maybe...
0: And is it has like proportional dwarfism? That's she definitely has a personality disorder, which is another problem because people with personality disorders are like pretty severely discriminated against. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Like personality personality disorders are like, like, I mean, my mom had a personality disorder and it's like you do feel completely gaslit, completely overwhelmed, but like. The longer that we maintain the stigma of just, like, oh, it's, like, irredeemable to have a personality disorder and, like, you can't get treated. Like, it's so hard to get a diagnosis for borderline or other personality disorders anyway. Like, can we just stop othering people that are, like, struggling, thinking they just have regular depression and then they have another extra special kind of, you know, mental health problem? Right. Just be nice. Jesus. It's also, yeah, like, then
1: they – their ability to get the help that they need – uh, gets farther and farther away from
0: them. The more and more we marginalize another of them. Exactly. Um, it's hard then, enough to get mental health like care in this shithole country. As uh, yeah, it
1: is. and it's so a self fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like, yeah, of course they have untreated mental health issues, and then if you just don't treat them, they're just gonna expand and on it, itself. I don't know. I feel like I haven't said not
0: one intelligent thing about this movie, and I, I have mean nothing else. It's like this movie is so over the top, it just is so like blatantly problematic that it's like it analyzes itself. We don't even need to do any work because it's like just so obvious. It's bad. laid,
1: it's all laid out on the table, neat and nice. It's like, look at all of our ableism. Here it is.
0: Well, now that we've covered ableism xenophobia gaslighting do you want to talk about racism <gasps> i don't know i'm sorry were black women put on this earth just to care for white children is that what according this movie to is horror movies us?
1: yes it's <laughs> yes. that's exactly it uh poor sister abigail I don't justice th- for sister abigail she like probably made a mistake Right, not looking farther into Esther's um, past or like really you know what, probably Abigail, paying attention
0: to her, but um, she had good judgment. She had a good uh, gut feeling. She should have followed that gut feeling, but just because, I mean, she did her job. Like she went, she went back. You know, She's, she went back and she shared her suspicions, and she was dismissed by an asshole white man. Um, and, like, I feel like Sister Abigail didn't do anything wrong. She did her due diligence. She's caring for, like, 50 kids under the age of 10 and probably not getting paid enough. Do nuns even get paid?
1: It's also, like, once Sister Abigail is murdered, brutally murdered, um, she then the next sister who calls in, Sister Judith, Judith is also a woman of color. I was like, okay, so we're only putting women of color in a, like, little tiny role where they don't have any characterization. I
0: I think, again, like, the same way that Max is utilized as sort of a weapon against the movie's own problematic, like, roots. um, Like, the position of putting two women of color as nuns is sort of like white supremacy trying to like weaponize religion against itself you know <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just really bizarre because you're like oh well obviously they're in kind of like servile roles they're in roles where they're you know in child care at the whims of like this rich couple trying mm-hmm. to like make things work for this rich white couple but then no money with no, like, monies, the f- they don't with get no money yeah But then the fact that they're affiliated with the church, you're like, well, I guess we can't push back against that because it's sort of like a like coded as a noble position uh, to be in when really they're servants of Jesus. Yeah. Like it's all just a white supremacist structure where we see when we pull back, we see women of color like again pushing the plot and the plight of white people forward, particularly white women. Like uh, Kate doesn't care about Sister Abigail or no. Sister Judith. She's using them. And I don't. And I don't know. It's
1: also you will. Okay, so Sister Judith is played by Janelle Williams, who any Degrassi fans will know.
0: Oh yeah, I, I love Degrassi. There's um, Canadi-
1: Canadians all over this movie. Maybe it was filmed in Canada.
0: I think it was partially filmed in Canada and like possibly France uh what is what's in the water in canada to
1: like make all these really good like they're just like pumping out actors you know like, uh
0: i think it's the socialized medicine <laughs> that's true
1: scott speedman was like i've had all the healthcare, care and i'm gonna pop out perfect everybody Strong, watch out healthy heart yeah <laughs> exactly uh not that canada doesn't doesn't have problems let's that's another American stereotype. That is... Is like Canada's perfect. It's I'm going not. to
0: Canada. Like, no, there's murdered indigenous children being found by the hundreds under residential schools there. And America is obviously not absolved of genocide. It's also the 4th of July right now. So, Bleah. no pride in genocide, bitches. Yeah. Can- Canada only has Can- socialized Canada, me- Canada <laughs> only has socialized medicine and then all the same bullshit that America has. Right. Um, Although Montreal is really nice, everybody's got problems. You
1: know what I mean. But uh, we should all be working actively working to fix them. Okay, guys, everybody. Yeah, hey. that guys, means are you. you listening? Um, that means me from the future too. Yeah,
0: that means you, Abby. Whenever you're listening to this again, when you edit, uh, when I edit, I was gonna say something
1: else about the sisters, but forget it. I don't know. It was stupid. So, what else we got? Well, it's kind of classist also. It's like the
0: racism and the classism are, of course, bedfellows, best friends. They're sisters. I mean, they're sisters. None sisters. I mean, they Uh, live in a
1: huge house. That house is monstrously
0: giant. Connecticut plates, so it's obviously an extremely affluent area. Gross. I grew up in Connecticut disgusting disgusting Uh, um (laughs) yeah
1: and it's yeah they live in like the suburbs they like clearly don't have any money problems even though kate lost her job um due to her illness (laughs) yeah um yeah i don't know peter is some sort of draftsman i don't i'm not sure i I was i was thinking architect architect?
0: yeah question mark but Uh, i don't know like i feel like architect is something that's used in popular culture to be like he makes a lot of money but he also has like a cool artistic streak and he's right. not part of the problem but he's still part of the problem you know yeah there... john is the problem architecture is like a very difficult field to
1: get into apparently they have there's a big architecture program at uh my alma mater Oh uh, Really? yeah and there was a story and uh Like it's the programs are really intense and it's really hard to get an internship and it's really, really hard to get a job. Yeah. And there is this like rumor that uh, one of the students in the like architecture program, like I don't know, like a decade ago, shot his professor, professor and then shot himself to death in one of the architecture classrooms, but I think it's a rumor. But anyway, that's Honestly, all I know about architecture.
0: Like I went to a school where the stakes were so high for no fucking reason. Like I can totally believe that, you know, it doesn't even sound like an outlandish rumor. Yeah. It's is like, yeah, unchecked mental health issues uh, and, and like, intense pressure from an institution. Constant demands from a capitalist institution. Like and the expectation that what you're experiencing, like not sleeping, working
1: twenty normal. hours a day,
0: is normal. Exactly. I kind of wish I could go back and not go to RISD, but here we are. I really wanted <laughs> to go to
1: RISD. Um, Be but glad
0: you didn't. It kind of ruined fe- my life.
1: Fear of uh, failure and rejection uh, prevented me from even applying. So I, like
0: um, I think you would have gotten in, but I. I don't know. It was like totally uncharted for anyone in my family to go to a visual arts college. So when I got into like the best one, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go there. And I like I struggled with depression my whole life. Like I remember telling – my doctor when I was 15 like I'm not okay and it was like my mom's pediatrician that she'd taken us to since we were babies and she was like you're fine (laughs) so when I went to RISD it like all came bubbling up that I was like not good and uh it kind of like fucked me up for years after Mm. I'm I mean I'm still fucked up living life totally fucked up
1: Anyway, uh, any
0: hoodle. What else? Do you where have?
1: are we in this episode? Thank you all for taking this ride if you're still here.
0: I think that probably everyone had a great time listening to you discover baby Jessica falling in the <laughs> well for the first time. I have to stop laughing at that. I'm sorry.
1: I mean, <laughs> I it's pretty why. funny. Uh, the visual is like a cartoon to me. Like it cuz I don't have any like Clues so it just seems don't like Don't look up the real pictures A baby wedged in a, in a well <laughs> Just the visual of that is a little Comic to me but I'm sure it was a traumatic event I, I apologize
0: Again for my behavior um, <laughs> Uh So anything left on Orphan? I don't
1: know It's like a good movie but like Take it, take it with a grain of salt Think about the ableism when you watch it um, Yeah
0: Think. remember that Russian depictions of communism are problematic and that China's communist government has brought like its entire population out of poverty so every government just, has problems even the communist ones but um so does capitalism let's you know what I mean capitalism has the worst problems and I think it's like depictions like these of Eastern European like, structures and systems as so less than and, like, basically decrepit and producing, like, criminally insane grifters. Like, it's the same thing with, like, Ukrainian women that want to come to the United States. Why would they want to come here? Who cares? I don't,
1: yeah. You can't
0: even get your legs set if you break it or anything here. What right. What's good here? It's the villainization of, like, uh, Eastern
1: European women coming over to, like, marry American men is, like, like demonizing them for wanting to like live in the If they the want to come it. here and exploit some like fucking gross sack of potatoes, dude. Yeah, let go him do ahead. it. Yeah, Good for her. Like I don't, don't I don't. We have way more yeah. capitalist problems to deal with than like some woman coming over to marry some gross guy that none of us
0: want to marry. So like, come on. It's just like again, capitalist corporate gaslighting. Yeah. Like everything they do is gaslighting to distract you with this like minuscule thing, so that they can continue just like. Raping and destroying indigenous land with impunity. So that's where we're at, everyone.
1: Um But okay. I made a funny Photoshop. But Abby made a beautiful Photoshop. So we gotta take pride in the little things. I'm not gonna say that I love Esther's accent, especially because Isabel Furman is American,
0: right? But she did a great fucking job. At really good that actor. Up, yeah. yeah. I thought it was kind of silly. I did like it. It was like kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it would have made just as much sense for her not to have an accent. But right. Uh, whatever. It also would have been fine if she was just from Michigan or something. Right. She could have still been a
1: 33 year old hag. No, no. From Michigan. To
0: Michigan. Yes. 33 year old hags do exist. Um, I'm not one, though. I'm still 32. So whatever. So exciting, exciting announcement about our bonus feed. I mean, this is big news. Guys, I'm excited. I'm
1: like beaming. I'm so excited because I can't wait for you to watch Titanic.
0: Yeah, Rebecca proposed to me that we should do a non-scary movie and asked me if I hadn't seen anything pretty significant in the culture. And boy, did I have an answer for her (laughs) because I've never seen Titanic. Oh, my God. Imagine walking this earth. For
1: 32 years and not having seen the epic Titanic.
0: Titanic. Adam was like, how do you know all the tropes from it? I was like, they, they are like, in the culture. <laughs> they're yeah. part of the zeitgeist, right? And then we're also going to start covering the X-Files on our bonus feed. So for July, we're going to do uh, the pilot episode, season one, episode one. Wait, We're getting into it.
1: Even though I've never seen a full episode of the X-Files, I've only ever seen like clips What's the theme song? I bet I could come up with it. <laughs> do
0: do 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 do
1: do do. Nope. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. In fairness, I don't think I.
0: I don't think I hit it either. Um. But then there's like the. Bur, 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 bur. Yeah. Part. Uh. And then next week is the long-awaited in-person episode. We're covering Scream, baby.
1: You got to look at my face. I'm going to be so close. You're going to be as far away from my
0: computer as... Oh, my God. Wow. We could even kiss. It would be so sweet. Aw. Oh, my God. Our first hug in, like, over a a year. year. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. I'm so excited to see you. Uh, And then, yeah, wish Rebecca a happy birthday by leaving us a beautiful iTunes review, please. Rate and (laughs) review. That's all I want for my birthday. Yes, Uh, and so we're going to be in person at my apartment with all of the animals that live here as well, Uh, probably losing their shit. That's like their favorite thing to do. (laughs) And we're going to talk about Scream. I mean, we should probably start like doing our research and getting down and dirty right now. Listen, I'm going to
1: learn every single fact I can about Matthew Lillard. I maybe will find his phone number and give him like just a little ring and be like, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And he'll be like, uh, I'm gonna call the police.
0: But listen, if, <laughs> if any of you have a connect to Lillard, now's the time to phone it in, okay? Whip it out. I need it. <laughs> All right, what
1: do you wanna fuck this week? I'm gonna say the big bad fuck ableism,
0: you know? I'm gonna say fuck xenophobia, xenophobia. and coding Eastern Europe and Middle Eastern nations as less than uh, because they're different from you. Okay? Right. We also didn't even fuck classism.
1: We didn't even like have time to mention that Kate is reduced only
0: to her motherhood and her alcoholism. Like it's literally wine mom. Like, wow. She is obsessed with her babies and (laughs) we know she's like a very talented musician. Trivia fact, Vera Farmiga is actually a very um, gifted pianist in real life. Wow. And she had like a really long scene of playing the piano, and was upset that Colette Sera cut it. And I was like, "Thank God he did. I mean, he could have we could have left a lot more this of this movie yeah. on the cutting room floor." <laughs> exactly. Um, it's okay, Vera.
1: Get a get a TikTok and display your piano skills.
0: I like Vera. Um, I think that she definitely hit her stride playing Lorraine Warren. Unfortunately, the Warrens I don't think are great people. Um. But she looks really good in those 70s outfits. I'll say it's that. It's true. She's got a good quaff of hair, too.
1: And, like, she gets to stand near uh, Patrick Wilson. And that's all i that? ever wanted. Did you it was his birthday so. yesterday? I did. You posted something on the story. I was so yeah, I forget did it for
0: me. It was daddy's birthday. I forget the um, podcast that originally posted it. But thank you to you, whoever you are. I don't know. I'm sorry, you guys. Sure, it was Patrick
1: <laughs> Wilson jogging great. He's got some we pectorals love on it. him. He's, yeah, he's, he's a little thick. I like it. We should
0: definitely do the, what, I was gonna say, In the Corn. What's that movie with the rock? In the tall like,
1: grass? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that movie was very hard to watch. Um,
0: so long. Uh, one, because I mean, it was so long, and two, because it's so fucking dark. I was like, what? Who?
1: What's over there? Yeah, I can't see I
0: it. S- like, I can't watch it during the day because of where my window is or whatever, yeah. Uh, well, fuck, um, yeah, fuck gaslighting people, uh, fuck corporate gaslighting, political gaslighting, and individual gaslighting. If you are a gaslighter, there's hope for you. You can recover.
1: I guess so, but maybe, like, you deserve a punch in the face first. That's- Punch yourself
0: in the face.
1: (laughs) Um, fuck racism, as always. Black- yeah. Reducing women of color and black
0: women to like marginal roles where they play the savior. Um. Or like the sort of de facto mother character for mm-hmm. white children but they can never actually be the mother. Right. I think there's a fucking woodpecker outside of my <gasps> house. Aww, I wonder cute. if it'll show up on lay recording. Yeah. It'll be uh, yeah so find us over at On Instagram, (laughs) at SpookySuccubus underscore cast. No spoilers, but there's going to be a very juicy Photoshop going up. But it will have gone up a few days ago, so I don't know. Abby made it while we were recording, so... It's not good behavior. (laughs) get ready. All right. And we're going to be back in your feeds next week with scream scream but before that probably with the x-files because that should be a shorty if you yeah maybe
1: pop over to the patreon
0: p over to the p i think we should rejigger our tears don't you i think so uh but yeah thanks for listening and we're gonna go uh figure out this camping info that she's been withholding from me
1: (gasps) yeah it's nothing great i maybe i like i really buried the
0: i've been thinking about it i just didn't want to talk about it because nobody cares (laughs) (laughs)